traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Here we go in three, two, one. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast, a podcast to promote and improve your practice as an athletic trainer. I am Jeremy Jackson, host of the podcast, and uh, RJ or Dr. Rod Turner. Are you live streaming this? Yeah, I am. All right, you're live streaming. So, <laughs> nice. so where's somebody going to find your live stream? Uh, so at SportsBagMD. At SportsMedMD on Instagram, yeah, Twitter, on Instagram. Facebook, on Instagram. Yep. All right, so check it out if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Dr. Turner, thanks for joining us as we are live at the Sports uh, Medicine Update from Memorial Hermann here in Katy, Texas. Dr. Harrison, you got the questions for Dr. Turner, so take it away. Yes, I have a few questions for you. So, Dr. Turner, I teach in the Master of Athletic Training program at the University of Houston. Perfect. Uh, and I, I really loved your presentation. One, because it was the end of the day and you made it interactive. So that was amazing. And my students were asking questions. I was like, oh my gosh, this person's amazing. So before we get into really your specialty here and what you were talking about, do you have teaching experience? Do you have a desire to teach? Because that was great, especially at the end of the day. So, you know, it's funny. Um, I do not like directly have teaching experience, but I mean, I did go to med school in the med center. Um, I did residency there as well. So my whole story, I did med school at UT Houston in the med center. Then I actually tried to apply orthopedics, did not match. Um, ended up doing a year of general surgery in the med center and then family medicine to sports med now. So I guess you could say I've just been around the game for a while. So, you know, I do love to teach because um, I remember myself being a med student at one point and both my sisters are med students. It's so it's kind of like inherent that I teach them something. Um, so no, it's, I've had good mentors along the way who all love to teach as well. And I am going to be teaching moving forward, um, since I'm joining UT Health as faculty. Um, I'll be helping with the fellowship with residents. And then of course, anybody else who just wants to learn more about sports. Awesome. So real quick, let me jump in. All right. So again, I think I said it sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash not a hip flexor. Cause he's talking about a case study, but your sisters are medical students. Yeah. So are they going to do sports medicine as well? So actually I, I misspoke. Technically, she starts her residency soon. One of them does. She's going to be an OB-GYN. Um, she's following my dad's footsteps. And then the other one, uh, she's in Tulane. She wants to do PM&R, so I'm trying to convince her to do sports medicine. Like, they're really cool, but I don't know if they would allow that for her to be like your student, your match. So. Yeah, I know. So. It would be awesome. All right. So sorry for the interruption. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, that's great. You have to be careful who you tell you like teaching to because people like us are going to be asking you to do guest lectures. Absolutely. I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome when you were asking. So I don't know if everyone listening is uh, was part or was able watching online, but um, you, he kind of laid out a case for us and then was asking about differentials. But yeah, my student raised his hand. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing because <laughs> sometimes they forget how much they're learning. So I really love that you made it interactive. That yeah, was really I mean, cool. like in school in general, you sit through so many lectures and, you know, it's very hard to retain information unless you can really tie it to a case. And I really learned this platform when I did a presentation in San Diego a couple of weeks ago with the American College of Sports Medicine. Um, and they had specifically said, give a history, allow questions, like don't give them a differential or anything whatsoever. Don't even give them the results of the imaging, which I did give. But 
um, and then differential, the results of the imaging, final diagnosis, and then outcome, which usually ends up being either something different than the final diagnosis or it just, you follow the track. So it's, it's more interactive. It makes you think a little bit. And then hopefully, you know, well, hopefully nobody ever presents with this large of a psoas abscess to any of your <laughs> students in the future. But in the event that they do, hopefully they remember, hey, I remember when Dr. Turner talked to them. Yeah, for sure. And this case was so interesting. What did you learn? Like, what are you going to add to your assessments moving forward based on that exam? I think it's just very easy to fall into like the monotony or just like your day to day. Hey, it's another hip flexor like or hey, it's just generalized hip pain. And it's very easy to fall into those traps. I think you just always have to be thinking of those zebras or those outlying things. And while you may not like initially say hey let's like jump to imaging and stuff like that but in this guy's case is he had had pain for so long we need to do some type of advanced imaging but you just want to make sure like one of my rules of thumb is it's it may sound bad but what's going to kill a patient hip flexor strain is not going to kill a patient but a large psoas abscess like this will and so the last thing you ever want to do is you let a patient come to your clinic they leave and go out there into the community and you know, you hope they come back to see you, but sometimes they don't come back to see you. And the last thing you want to do is read somewhere on an EMR that, hey, they ended up in a hospital really sick because you missed like a massive abscess like this. So I think that's the biggest key point is always be thinking about the dangerous things as well, even if it may seem as simple as a hip flexor strain, because you don't want to miss those. Is there something specific that athletic trainers can be looking for on site? Like, how do we know if we should refer to avoid exactly what you're talking about? Exactly. So I think the biggest thing, and that's kind of the dead giveaway, is athletic trainers, physical therapists, everybody see hip flexor strings all the time. This kid came in on crutches, which was one, the first and foremost kind of dead giveaway. I mean, you really shouldn't be coming in on crutches unless you have like a femoral neck fracture, or a fracture in general, or like a tear of a muscle. So bare minimum, that should at least push you towards getting imaging in the first place anyways. Um, but I think those things and then really getting a good history of like what's going on, because in this particular case, the history is what kind of gave it away um, that he had Crohn's disease. So you want to always be looking out for something else other than just a hip flexor strain because it obviously didn't get better with therapy yeah and can you talk more about the gen med aspect as well like what would be a key sign aside from the regular signs and symptoms that an athletic trainer could be like hey you know that's probably an important part of the history yeah so it's very easy to ignore the abdomen um always always remember that the abdomen's there and you know even a college student can palpate like a right lower quadrant abdomen if they have pain there then at least that gives you a inclined to be like, hey, you know, I would rather you go see your doc before we continue on with your therapy um, because they should not just be having persistent abdominal pain. You always want to make sure that, hey, they're eating OK, having bowel movements OK. These are very simple questions that anybody can ask. Um, and then the other thing is just like, are they getting better or not? You know, the kid did go to therapy and he got stronger, but he still had a bunch of pain, which is not really, you know, correlative to how it should have been. So I think the biggest thing is really just thinking about other things in that area. Even if you are just an athletic trainer, there is an abdomen and there's a lot of things in there. And that's one thing I learned in general surgery. The abdomen's a dangerous place. Um, muscles are in there, but there's a lot of other things that can hurt people. And so you just want to keep those intact. And I think the biggest 
key point for an athletic trainer. If you have a question, and maybe this is maybe in the future, but like with me, my plan when I go into practice is allow athletic trainers at schools to have my number. If you have a question, it's very easy to just pick up the phone, call me like, hey, do you think it would be worth seeing this kid in clinic? Absolutely going to say yes every single time because you don't want to miss these things. Right. And you so you mentioned there was some um, other like, I don't know if it's urgent care or something that this patient went to. So as an athletic trainer, we're not ordering imaging, but are there certain things that we should be saying? Like if they, we send them to urgent care and we're like, hey, I don't think that that's the type of imaging we should have had. Let's send somewhere else. Like, you know, what should we be looking for? Yeah. And that's that's tough. I love emergency medicine docs, you know, for everything they do. They save lives on a daily basis. For sure. But I definitely will say that like that is one area of improvement that ER docs could have as a whole is sometimes when they see kids coming in for quote unquote musculoskeletal things, they kind of get tunnel vision in comparison to just like somebody like if this kid would have gone in and told the ER docs like, hey, I have right lower quadrant abdominal pain versus saying I have right hip pain, I guarantee that that entire workup would have differed 1000%. He probably would have got a CT out in pelvis. He probably would have got lab work done. He probably would have had a complete different workup. And I just think like athletes, most people think they're, you know, they're very healthy individuals. And so you don't want tend to think about these other outlying things like this. So I think that's the biggest thing is just like, hey, like make sure to tell them everything. Um, even if it's a hip pain, like consider the right lower quadrant type of stuff. Um, it, it, it's a hard thing, especially with COVID and all the other stuff that they deal with <laughs> in the ER. So, you know, it's not their fault. It's just like, it's, it's very easy to get tunnel vision when you see these kids in the ER. Yeah. Well, I just think that's great advice because part of what we do as athletic trainers is advocate for the patient, yeah. right? Especially if it's a pediatric patient, sometimes they don't even know how to articulate, you know, where their pain is. So I think that's great advice. And I always want to ask when I'm doing these interviews, like, what do you think athletic trainers need to know? Like, is there something else that you think could be added to the education to really make your job easier make the communication between the two professions easier? Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing you hit on the head right at the end is communication. I mean, that's everything in life, but especially the more as I, you know, take steps in the sports world, some people don't like being bothered. And I think if they don't like being bothered, then you really don't want to be like a sports in the sports world. I mean, athletes need care 24 seven, even including the off season. So, you know, I know athletic trainers. I learned that more so this year than ever. Y'all work y'all's butt off. Y'all are there 24 seven. So, I think us as docs, we have to be there to answer the phone call. Like we have to be there to give y'all advice from the medical standpoint, because, you know, that's why we spend a billion years in school to learn that aspect. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's just communication, communication, communication. Even if you don't want to call that doc, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing to call the doc. I mean, you don't know, you don't want to be on the opposite end of things where it's like, I thought about calling the doc, but I didn't. And then the kid continued doing what they were doing. And then they ended up seeing the doc like two months later. And then now they've got some serious problem that needs surgery. Whereas, you know, at that point, I can say probably nine times out of 10, the doc's going to be like, why don't you tell me in the first place? Um, and, you know, I experienced that as resident, med student, fellow, even to this day, you know, the doc will never get mad for you reaching out for advice. They may, you know, seem irritated at times, but you just have to do it. Um, you just got to kind of stick your neck out there, advocate for the patient, like you're saying in the first place, because at the end of the day, we've got one common goal, and that's to take care of the patient, make sure that 
you know, you're going to get the best out of the athlete. And that's really what it's all about. Awesome. Well, this has been great. And don't be surprised if you get an email from me asking <laughs> you to come speak to my students. Absolutely. They looked like they were really enjoying it and they were actually interacting. So that's amazing. Thank you guys for having me. All right. So again, give us the Instagram where people can reach out to you. Yeah. So Instagram is at sports bag MD. So that's sports and then B A G M D. Um, Instagram, um, that's probably the easiest place to reach me. <laughs> All right, there you go. At Sports Bag MD, and you can actually catch a live version of this interview, provided that uh, you can hear Dr. Harrison's uh, questions on there. And then, Dr. Harrison, if someone wants to get a hold of you. Yeah, you can email me at lharris5 at central.uh.edu, and I'm also on Twitter at LaceyJ, and that's L-A-Y-C-I and the letter J. So, Dr. Rod Turner with the sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash not a hip. And I'll have his contact information in there, but sports bag MD. Yep, MD. Sports bag MD. And for Jeremy Jackson, Dr. Harrison, Dr. Turner, and the Sports Medicine Update live in Kitty, Texas, that is a wrap. Thanks. Thank you. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.